I wonder if, um, if you can think of a time where you've stepped out in faith. Uh, if you can think of a time where God has called you to something and you've stepped out for this purpose uh, and what that experience was like for you. If, there, if you think about this question and nothing comes to mind, uh, this is something that's worth reflecting on. Or reflecting on what is it, why is it that I view God in a way that I don't trust him enough to, to step out in faith? Uh, what holds me back and what keeps me hesitant from stepping forward like that? Uh, if you do have something that comes to mind with this question of a time where you felt God leading you towards something, you've stepped out and there's been risk to that, uh, I want to reflect on this a little bit with you today. Uh, I think about for myself, um, my, my call to go into vocational ministry and, and into seminary uh, when I, I felt God op- and saw God opening doors for me to go to seminary, at the time I was uh, living in East Asia for a couple of years, uh, and doors opened for me to, to come back to go to Biola and to do seminary at Talbot. Uh, when I came back, it was 2011, um, so I think at this point the recession was technically over, uh, unemployment was really high, and I knew that uh, being here, I was going to need to work part-time while I was uh, going to school. Uh, so I started applying from overseas and sending in my resume to as many places as I could. Uh, I applied months before I even came back home. Uh, no, no bite at the apple. Uh, so I kept applying. I came home for that summer, kept applying, still nothing. Uh, and school was starting in that fall. And the quality of jobs that I started applying for, like, it kept going down a tier. Like, I was applying for, my, my undergrad, my bachelor's is in biology, and so I was like, oh, I'll teach part-time maybe, and, you know, couldn't find anything there. And so I kept applying lower and lower, quali- lower, and lower pay. Uh, by, by the end of it, uh, I was just like, in and out, Starbucks, like, anything, like, can I just get a job? And... And nothing was coming up, and so finally the job I got, uh, I started at, at Biola, and my job was, I was a student worker for campus safety at, at Biola, and I worked the graveyard shift. So I walked around, and I made sure doors were locked at three in the morning, and that was my job uh, at, for my, my, really my first semester at, at Talbot, and I was like, I... I don't get it because I could have stayed overseas and knew that I had a job just fine. Uh, I enjoyed being there. I found the the ministry there fulfilling. Um, And I thought, I thought for sure God called me to come back. Uh, I thought for sure he called me to go to seminary. Um, I thought for sure that I would come back and uh, the doors would open and I would find, have the things that I need and the things would work out. And I'm looking at it and I'm like trying to go to school during the day. I'm awake at three in the morning. Uh, and at some point I need to get some sleep. And at some point after that, I'm going to have to get an internship to start getting ministry experience. Uh, I don't, I don't get how this is going to work. And I'm waiting for God's provision and waiting for God to show uh, that this really is what he called me to do because right now this doesn't seem sustainable. I'm looking at my, my expenses and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how the math for this is going to add up. Uh, 
this might be a short stay in, in, in seminary. Um, a story for another day is God, God did end up providing a job, a job I didn't even apply for, ironically. Um, but that, that's for a story for another day. But for this, I was looking at it and thinking, God, I thought I was being faithful to, to this calling that you gave me. And it just, it doesn't seem like you're, you're providing for me and protecting me like, like I thought you would. I wonder if, uh, if you can relate to this. Uh, just in hearing uh, Jason and Jerome talk about the struggles that, that kind of led up even to, to their trip going to Africa, there's, I think there's aspects of that where, where they experience that, where sometimes where we feel God calling us towards something and we say, okay, God, I will, I will trust you, I will step out, and then often we meet resistance, and often there's a trial that comes after this. Maybe, maybe in, your, in your life you feel God calling you to, to give a certain amount of your income towards, towards the church or a ministry, and you've done that, you've been faithful, and then business has gone bad, and you've, you've started losing money at work. Maybe you felt called to invest in relationships with certain people at work or your community, and you've been hurt by it. And there's times where we say, okay, God, you've called me to this. I will be faithful, and I will step out, and I will act. But then a struggle comes, a way we get wounded. Something happens that we don't expect, and we start looking at God and saying, God, I thought that this was going to look different. Is this not what you wanted for me? And we can doubt, and we can question. And so sometimes the real test of our faith isn't necessarily when we take that step towards acting out of, of where he's called us. But maybe the real test sometimes happens when we do step out and then there's struggle and then we have to decide, now what do I do? And so if there's something that you were able to think of, a time where you've stepped out in faith, I want us to reflect on this a little bit. And we see a reflection on this in Psalms 46 and that's what we'll be talking about today. See, I think there's, there's one thing to, to being able to struggle uh, to seeing external circumstances and the circumstances around us where we see things that are, that are dark, where there's destruction, where there's, there's some kind of suffering or trial. Um, but the real issue is what, what's going on in our heart and how do we, do we respond to that and how do we interpret that? Our initial reaction so often is fear. And Psalms 46 speaks to this fear. If you'd like to turn your, in your Bible, um, we're, we're going to read from this. We'll also have it up on the screen. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start on verse 2. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. The, the psalmist here writes of dramatic geological events that are happening, and he says his response is, we are going to resist the temptation to fear when we witness all of these things that are happening. He says there, there is a reality that we, we can't sugarcoat things, that big, dark, uh, destructive things are going to happen around us in life. That this is the reality of what's happening, and the reality is there's going to be struggles, 
and there's going to be pain and there's going to be suffering in life. He says, this is, this is what's going to actually happen. And this, this is, you're going to witness things like this happening. And, and the real tug on our heart is going to be towards fear. We're going to say, what can I do to protect myself in these situations? What is it that I can do to preserve my, my life, my expectations, my comfort, maybe the, the future that I have and my plans for it, my expectations for what things should look like, and my goal often during these things is I fear because I want things to look a certain way, I want my own well-being, and I want to preserve that and protect that as much as I can. And so a very natural reaction is when we're looking around and we're seeing all of these things happen, is to say, what do I need to do to protect myself and to protect the people that I care about? He says, this is, this is real. This, this is what life is going to look like, and we need to have open eyes about this. The psalmist, this is a psalm of hope and trusting in God, but he still says these things actually do happen. I think sometimes when we think, okay, God has called me to something, okay, I'm going to step out and I'm going to respond to that, I think sometimes our expectation becomes, okay, it's going to be smooth sailing. Like, we always hear the stories of, God called me to this, uh, so I, I followed him, I was obedient, and man, it was amazing, like, all the doors opened, like, these incredible things were happening, everything lined up perfectly, and it was amazing, and wow, like, God is, God is good and faithful, and I am so blessed by how this all worked out. But a lot of times, it doesn't turn out like that. And a lot of times, we say, okay, I, I am obedient, and it didn't seem like a straight path. There was turbulence, it was difficult, it was challenging, and my, my response to all this is, I just want to make sure that I'm going to get through this and be okay. Like, survival is my goal at this point. And this is a very real temptation to us. Part of what's hard about this is, is just the fact that we can't look at external circumstances and use that as an evaluation for if we're acting in God's will or not. Like in Matthew 5, he says, God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And so sometimes when we think, okay, God, I was, I was faithful to you. Shouldn't you bless me as a result of my faithfulness? Why am I why does it seem like I'm being punished or, or being tried or tested because of my, my faithfulness to you? Why, why is it happening like this? And there's some mystery to this where, where God blesses and gives comfort to both of those who are good and those who are evil. And so we can't just look at external circumstances and say that's an indication of am I in God's will and am I being rewarded or blessed by where I am. And that's a hard truth for us to accept. But this psalm also says that troubles are not evidence of God's absence. Troubles are not evidence of God being weak. In Hebrews 13, verse 5, he says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. 
God makes this promise throughout Scripture in a number of places. And he says, we're, we're stepping out and we are experiencing troubles and, and suffering, but God is still with us. And so our difficulties are not evidence of God being far from us. They're not evidence of God being, being distant, not evidence of God punishing us like we're out of his will or something, but this is a reality of what we're going to go through. But God says he's still going to be with us. The difficulty during this time is not fearing and not doubting uh, that God is far from us. I, I left off the, the beginning of this, this verse in, in Hebrews 13 that I read with you, uh, the never will I leave you, never will I seek you. And I think it's interesting in this, in this topic because it begins with, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I, I forsake you. I think, I think it's interesting that he talks about money here because so often money is a way that we comfort ourselves, uh, a, a salve to our, our fear. That I can have security, I don't really need to trust God, and I don't have to have dependence on him because I have enough to take care of myself. That if this all goes south, at least I have, my, at least I have savings and things that I can fall back on. And so if I do act out in faith, if I do start suffering I don't have to stay there very long because I have other options. And so sometimes even things like money or ways that we comfort, things that we turn to, to to calm our fears, often these can be a way and an escape uh, in how we respond to our fear instead of trusting in God's faithfulness and God's presence always being with us. Adversity and fear uh, that come are often the hardest time, or that adversity and the fear that comes with them are, are, are the hardest times to trust. And this is when it's easiest for us to pull back from God. As we continue in our passage, our, our passage talks about God being a faithful God, uh, but this brings up the question of control. When we, when we ha- respond with fear, our desire is to find ways to control things, but here, God's help provides an alternative. Going back to verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. I want to skip down a couple of verses also, and we'll see, continue to see God being help and present. It says, God is within her. This is speaking that her is, is Jerusalem. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms will fall. He lifts up his voice. The earth melts. Trials in our fear often reveal where is it that we put our trust? Where is it that we look to for deliverance? And this is a question of control. When I have resources, when I am adequately self-sufficient, that I can turn to any form of comfort to deliver myself from fear, I am able to maintain control over the situation. I'm able to say, I can, I can fix this. 
I'm not going to suffer too long because if God doesn't prove himself faithful, if there does come a day where there's adversity, I still have other options and I have other things that I can turn to. I can fix this myself. And so in many ways, when we look at these verses uh, of God describing himself as as a refuge, as a place of ever-present help, I don't actually have to experience that. I don't have to wait for that because I can deal with it myself. I can maintain control of, of the circumstances, and I don't have to worry about this. When we ask and look for God to be our refuge, this requires us yielding control. This requires us saying, God, you, you have to take this. I, I have no options. You have to be my refuge. You have to fix this. You have to provide deliverance. And in times of suffering, I think what's difficult is we want to pull back and pull back to the things that we can control. And so I think why it's so difficult, maybe not just taking that first step in following God's purpose, but staying out there is because we can actually, we can choose and take that step of stepping out and say, okay, God, you've called me to this. I'm willing to respond. And that's something I can control. But when I'm actually out there and when I'm at, when I've risked something and when I'm now vulnerable, I've now lost control. And so what's so tempting is that I can pull back to something that can protect me. Or I have to choose, I'm going to keep myself out here and wait for God to protect me. The image that comes to my mind is, is a turtle. If you, can, if you think of a, a turtle uh, in its shell, it can, you know, it can pull its head back and its arms back, and it can, it can stay in, this little, uh, in its little shell, and it can be protected, and it can control itself and its, its own safety. Uh, but that's all it can do. Like, there's no life to experience tucked in a shell. There's, there's nothing else that's going on. You can, it can preserve itself for a moment, uh, and it could sit there, and I can imagine it could even think to itself of, I'm, I'm good here, I'm safe, I'm protected, nothing's going to hurt me right here, uh, I, I am okay. And there's a, a sense as Christians where we can do this and we can tuck ourselves in and say, okay, I'm going to hide here and I'm going to protect myself with, with what I'm good at and the ways that I find comforts and things will be okay and I can live right like this and I can just pass time and, and uh, kill the rest of the day like this. But when we, ultimately when we live like this, we, we don't experience anything about God being a refuge We don't experience any of his deliverance, any of his love or the nurture that he provides because we we think we've covered our own needs when we're tucked in. And it said, what what can a turtle do while it's like that? In reality, it can't actually meet its own needs. Like, it's it's stuck in one spot. It can't move around. It can't go find any, any food or water or anything that it needs. It has to live like this. And so to, only, to be able to live like this and say that I'm okay, we actually have to deny a lot of the needs that we have. And as Christians, when we live protected, uh, hidden, pulled back, and if we think that we're okay like that, we're actually denying the reality that there's a lot of needs that we have that we've closed ourselves off to. 
A lot of the ways where we said, I'm protected, I'm okay, I can take care of myself and protect my own needs, but I've actually just am in, in denial that I'm not letting God meet a lot of the needs that I have. If you look in Revelations 3 and look at the rebuke that Christ gives towards the church of Laodicea, listen to what, what he says. He says, you say, this is the, now the church speaking, I am rich, I've acquired wealth, and I do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. This is a church that says, I have so much, I have no needs, I've met all of my needs. I, I'm good and I'm sufficient, I can take care of myself. And, and the rebuke is, no, you, you just don't see all the needs that you have. You've just closed yourself off with, with the things that you think you can take care of. You've closed yourself off and so now you've just blinded yourself to how many needs you do have. And so when we respond in fear, when, and our response to that is, I'm going to take care of myself, I can buckle down and hunker down and, and make sure that I'm okay and provide for myself, a lot of times all we do in that is just deny a lot of the needs that we have and we deny opportunities for God to be our refuge. We deny opportunities for him to come and protect us, to care for us, and to meet our needs. So this means that we have to bring our needs to God. We have to give him control. And we have to say, I cannot meet all of my needs. I am not sufficient for this. And God, you have to be my refuge. I am not adequate for this. And so we have to make room to trust God when we are in a position where we are vulnerable, when it's something that we're at risk of being hurt. We have to say, God, I, I'm following your calling but I need you to take care of me now. I, I can't meet this need. You have to protect me and you have to care for me. You have to show that you are God over this. And a lot of times this is the last thing that we want to do. And it's also we need to recognize this is a very unnatural thing to do. A lot of times this feels like we're being irresponsible. Like, wait, you're going to keep trusting God? You responded to him, and so the deal should be you respond uh, with obedience, and he should respond in being faithful. Like, God shouldn't do those things. That's how it feels like the deal should work. But we have to keep saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep trusting God, and I'm going to persevere in my trust of him. So finding protection in God means that we have to yield control to him. There, there's freedom in this. There's peace that we can find in this when we allow God to lead us and allow him to protect us. There's a, a verse here, you've, you might have heard this verse, and we're going we're gonna to read this. Um, verse 10. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He gives a call to persevere in giving God control. He says, be still. He says, know that I am God. The, God. the same God that previously was described as a refuge, that was previously described as powerful, 
a God before was described as ever-present, like he is always with us. This same God, he says, know that I am God. And this is, this is what we're called to do. And he says, be still. We're still called to persevere in yielding control to him. And God, I trust you to take care of me in this situation, though I'm, I, I'm struggling. There's turbulence in what I'm going through. I need you to sustain me, and I'm going to trust that you prove yourself to be, to be faithful. We need to rec- this means recognizing our limits, recognizing that I, I am not God, and that God is God, recognizing his character, that the way he describes himself as a God who loves us, a God who cares for us, who's always with us, who's powerful. In, in John 16, uh, Jesus is giving his last words to his disciples before he's crucified. And he says this, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He says, there, there are struggles that are going to be coming but have peace. He says, I've, I've overcome things. He says, he says the same thing that he says in this passage. He says, God is God. He is above this and greater than this. Our call is to continue to trust him. And there's, there's peace that comes from this because we trust that God will pro- is our provider and he is our refuge, that he's a God who is always with us. If... Uh, if you can think with me back to uh, one of the sacrifices that, that um, the Israelites are commanded to give in uh, by the, the law that God gives Moses is uh, the sacrifice of first fruits. If, if you're not familiar with this, uh, I'll, I'll read to you from Leviticus 23. It says, speak to the Israelites and say to them, whenever you enter the land I'm going to give you and reap its harvest, bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain you harvest. So think about this for a moment. As, as an agrarian society, the very first thing that you harvest, you are supposed to go and sacrifice to God. Think about, think about what this means. Like you, you go, you're a farmer, you're, you're planting, you're, you're cultivating, and you finally, the day finally comes where you can go and start harvesting, and this is your livelihood. Like this is, this is food for you and your family, this is also anything you can sell and trade to, to accumulate something else. And he says, the very first thing that you get, you need to give back to God. Like, think about the vulnerability that is involved in this. Because you don't know how much else you're going to harvest after this. This isn't like, like a, a, you know, go and harvest a certain quota, and then after that, go and, go and make a sacrifice to God. He says the very first thing you get, take it, harvest it, and that belongs to God. There's, there's a very real possibility that what if there's nothing else to harvest? Or what if we only have a little bit to harvest after this? What if, what if this means we don't have enough food to eat for the rest of the year? This means we don't have anything to trade and to sell, and now I might be struggling 
to just get to the next harvest because God took this, this first fruit from me. There's a lot of vulnerability and a lot of risk that's involved in this. And he says, this is, this is what I'm asking you to do. God is saying, I'm asking you to trust me with this. The, the Hebrew word for this first fruits, bukarim, it literally means promise to come. But God is saying, I'm asking you to trust me with this, and I'm going to promise that I will provide the rest that you need. You, you are risking something on me, and you're risking your livelihood. I will provide for you and make sure that you have enough. And so some with, when, we, when we are called to, to follow God and lead, follow the direction that he's leading us, and when we start to suffer, I think we're being called to say, persevere, God will provide for us. He will be enough for us. And there is risk in this, but persevere. And the result of this is we can have peace knowing that God will provide for what we need. John Calvin says, Hence the scripture, when it exhorts us to faith, bids us be at peace. When the scripture tells us to have faith, it says that we can have peace as a result of that. That God will take care of us. God is bigger and greater than us, and he can meet our needs. We can give control to him. So we can trust God to care for us, and we can trust him to protect us. As Christians, our calling is to walk by faith. Our calling is to be listening to the Spirit and asking the Spirit, where is it that you're calling me to trust you? How is it that you're calling me to step out in faith? And in those times, we, we will, when we do step out, we need to anticipate and be realistic that there, there's going to be turbulence. There's going to be struggles, and this is normal, and so this is something we can anticipate. But we, we have a choice at this point. When we, when we feel that fear rising up, we can choose to pull back and turn to things that we can control in ways that we can protect ourselves. Or we can choose to say, God, I yield control to you. I'm going to continue risking, and I'm going to look for you to be my refuge and the one who meets my needs and protects me. You are God, and I need you to take care of me, and so I'm going to persevere in this. So I'm going to ask you as we close to continue reflecting on and asking yourself, where is it that God is calling you to step out in faith? Where is it that God is asking you to trust him? What, what's something that he's calling you to do and say, trust me in this and let me take care of you? Let me pray for us.